Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Excited to welcome to the show, Aaron Rubens. Aaron Rubens is the CEO and co-founder of Kudo Board, which is a platform used for workplace appreciation. I love tools like Kudo Board because it helps people like me who run a virtual team recognize our team's many contributions and good work. So if you're looking for a tool to help you, uh, again, recognize and appreciate your team, check out Kudo Board. Aaron is a graduate of Tulane University. He has his MBA from Harvard Business School, and he has a rich background in education and technology. In his early part of his career, he was very focused on education, and he actually taught high school at a charter school in Kansas City. He also worked for Teach for America. So giving is very much in Paul's blood. He's a very service-oriented person. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Business of You as you learn more about Aaron Rubens and his really cool company called Kudo Board. Aaron, welcome to The Business of You. How's your day going so far? Day's going well, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. It's nice to have you. I'm excited to dive in. I really am so fascinated by what you're doing and and eager to hear your backstory. So you're the co-founder of Kudo Board. Um, would love to hear your backstory. Like what gave you the idea for this? But before you even get to that part of your story, what what was your background like? What did you study in school? What, I know you've got a lot of teaching in your background. You seem to have a passion for education. So, sh- you know, share what led, what led you to this moment. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I grew up in a small town in Michigan and wanted to go somewhere as exotic as possible for college. And so ended up... Um, at Tulane in New Orleans and just loved it down there. Um, and after graduation, you know, sh- shortly after graduation, I joined Teach for America as a high school math teacher. Um, and it was just a really formative experience, you know, kind of at that time of life where you're trying to figure out what you're about. Um, and it's actually where the idea for Kudo Board began. Um, so we had this activity at the end of each year. And I, you know, some other teacher gave me this activity. So not not original to me, but essentially. I had a pretty intensive class and students got pretty close and we wanted to have some way to like, you know, just as a capstone to the relationships that they built in class. And yeah. so each student would write their name on a piece of paper and they just pass it around and each person could write like a nice compliment or whatever else. And it was one of those activities I didn't really think much about. Right. It was sort of, you know, but I had several students come up to me in subsequent years and say, Hey, you know, I, I kept that piece of paper. It's on my wall or it really meant something to me. Um, which was surprising because students don't often say that sort of thing. Um, and th- this was in your math class. Yeah, yeah, this was in the, in the math class. And, and I Amazing. think that it just kind of planted a seed for me that 
there really is this power about giving people permission to say something positive to someone else. But oftentimes people need that, that opening. Um, and if you can give it to them, it can be something really special. And so, you know, what Kudo Board is, is a little bit different than that, but you'll, you know, it is quite similar in terms of how it's used. Um, and, you know, what we're really trying to think about is like, how do we give people the organizers of these events, whether it's a birthday or a work anniversary or a company event or a shout out board, but how do we make it really easy for them to organize for a group in order to give appreciation? Because oftentimes, if you have that one person that spurs it, it can really bring a lot of people in in a positive way. Yeah, so true. Um, what a beautiful tool, right? I mean, especially to have done an activity like that with high school kids. I mean, I think it's so rare for them to be sharing positive things about one another and such an opportunity to really build their self-esteem and confidence too. Yeah, and I wouldn't have done it at the beginning of the year. I feel like, it, you know, it requires some trust <laughs> among, yeah. among students that that is built over time. Totally. Um, but, but it didn't actually um, start then. So I... I, you know, I, I worked in the school for four years and I actually went back to business school and it was actually during business school that one of my good friends was turning 30 and we were all, all of us were spread across the country, various friends, but we wanted to do something for him for his birthday. And we we're like, oh, let's each make a video. And we couldn't figure out a good way to do it. So it ended up being like, we each recorded it on YouTube. And then I created a little website and jankily like put each one on there. And it was very ugly, but it worked. At the end, I was like, oh, that was so annoying and hard. And there has to be a better way. And it kind of combined with what had happened in the classroom. I was like, you know, there really should be some way to replace the card that's passed around and signed with something that allows it to be more engaging, interactive, you know, messages, videos, all this kind of stuff. And so that's that was sort of the, the seed had been planted a while ago when I was a teacher, but that was sort of the catalyst. I was like, okay you know, I've got some time, I'm in school, I'm going to try to like work on this. So that's really where I started working on the project in my second year of business school. Okay. Um, and then basically, you know, after graduation, decided to go go at it full time. So was Kudo Board originally like an assignment in grad school for you? It, um, so it wasn't, I was sort of working on it on the side. And then there was a particular class where they say, hey, you know, if you have a business idea, you can pull it in for an assignment. So I ended up using that class as a way to like do some market research. And I think there's still some document online that says, you know, kudo board theory of change, you know, they had like the theory of what the business was going to be and that sort of thing. But that wasn't the what spurred it, but it definitely gave me more time to work on it, which was nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you're in business school, you get this idea, you start working on it, but it's also it's a piece of software, right? So yeah. how did you go from, <laughs> you know, being a teacher, then being in business school to figuring out how to actually create a software? Yeah, good good question. So I, I was not a software engineer then and still am not now. Um, you know, I had some experience in the industry generally, um, having worked at Khan Academy. Um, but in the beginning, it was basically like, what can I do if I don't know how to write software? So it was like, all right, I'm going to create a survey on SurveyMonkey where people can just like put in their compliments and I'm going to collect them. And then I'm going to like literally put them in PowerPoint and make a PDF out of it and deliver it manually. So I, I have, you know, just as sort of a memento, some of the first kudo boards created a long time ago, and they're so ugly. It took me so long to put together, but it proved the point that like, oh, okay, people will do this. And the recipient actually does really care when they get these really nice messages of appreciation. Um, and we can work on how to make it, you know, frictionless and easy and all that sort of stuff. Um, but at least the concept had been proven. And so by the time I was ready to really go after it and you know 
ultimately recruited my co-founder, Kyler, I had, it wasn't just like, oh, I've got this idea and I swear people are going to like it. It was like, hey, listen, look at how bad this is and still people are using it. We can make this a lot better. So it was just a much more compelling conversation, I think, for us to have because there had already been some of that legwork put in. Yeah, yeah. So when you uh, graduated from business school, did you go all into this idea or did you get a, a job in the meantime to kind of bridge your income or? Yeah, so I did, um, I did go all in. So my, um, I had worked for a while while my wife was in grad school. And so she had just finished up grad school and gotten a job. And so she's like, all right, well, if you want to go after this, I'm working now. So, you know, we've got a year, go for it. And so I said, all right, I'm going to go for it fully. Um, and it was, you know, a very <laughs> rocky, rocky year uh, in terms of obviously just like figuring all this stuff out in terms of what we need to do. It took me a while to get Kyler on boards when you don't have that, in this case, that technical co-founder. I felt like it was just like pushing a boulder up a hill to make progress. And, you know, we, we had actually moved back to New Orleans um, where she was a professor at the time. And so I didn't feel like, the, the ecosystem for fundraising and things like that just wasn't there in the way that it would be in like a Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't feel like there was like, Oh, I'm going to go raise a couple million dollars and go, you know, that, that wasn't a thing. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, what can I do when I'm sort of on my own? So I did, you know, for a year push it and, and saw a lot of progress, but at the end of the year, we just weren't where we needed to be revenue wise for me to continue on it full time. But I definitely wanted to continue the business because I'm like, okay, this is powerful. There's like an emotional thing when people receive like these beautiful notes from like, you know, there's the the person turning a hundred and their family from all over the world writes these beautiful notes. And, you know, they'd say, oh, I cried when I got, you know, there's this emotional thing. And, you know, most of the uses in the workplace, but even these like personal uses can be really powerful. So I knew there was something there, but it just wasn't there revenue wise yet. Um, so, you know, we kept it going. Um, kind of nights, weekends, whatever we needed to do to keep the business, um, keep the business active and 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 serving customers continuously. And you know, eventually, it took a few years, but eventually, it was making enough. We're like, okay, we have now reached a point where Kudo Board can support at least the two of us, uh, not very much, but like ramen type of salary. Um, so we're gonna go for it. And and that was the first time actually that Kyler had really done it full time, full time. He had been doing like it plus a couple of other projects when we did it initially. So now to have me and him both on it full time really was kind of the catalyst for the next stage of the business. And this was 2015 or 14 when you started and kind of. So the, the initial start was sort of mid 2015. And it okay. really wasn't until 2018 when we were ready to between the two of us both go full time. Again, I had okay. that year that I did full time in the beginning, but then it, it took it took some time. Um, yeah. And, it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the sort of interesting things that happened along the way that whenever I'm talking to like people that are starting businesses, I always tell this story, um, which is, you know, initially, and this seems silly now, but I think it was a little bit more relevant in the era. We we're like, oh, we're not going to charge for Kudo Board. We're just going to, we're going to make it available for free and grow, grow big and figure out monetization later. And this was, you know, more fashionable than it is now. And it was actually at the point, where we were just about ready to give up. They're like, you know what? Let's start charging for it because who cares if, you know, not who cares, but like if it kills it, it kills it. But obviously like this model is not going to work. And the fascinating thing was rather than it decrease usage, there was actually an immediate increase. Wow. Uh, and I think what I realized, and now it seems very obvious, 
But like with something like Kudo Board, where you're you're trying to give appreciation or recognition to someone else, what does it tell that person if you're like, I took this free product and say it sent you? Like mm. that's how much I care. I care for you zero dollars. <laughs> um, so it just made sense. Like, oh yeah, I guess when you're giving something to someone else and trying to show them that you care about them, actually not free has a lot of value because you're actually kind of committing to it and saying like, this matters enough for me to invest in it, even if it's just a little bit. Um, yeah. So that was a real discovery. And it, it got us less scared about like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're offering a product here. We're adding value. We don't have to find some weird monetization path. Like, let's just charge for the product. Um, and that really was the beginning of like turning it into a true business. Wow, that is so interesting psychologically, right? Like here you're, you're thinking, oh, last ditch effort. Let's just put a price tag on it. And it actually helped. That's yeah. such a great lesson. Yeah. And value, to- right? I mean, it's it's about value. People totally. understanding the value of something. For sure. And, and, you know, part of it, I think, was this was, you know, at sort of the height of maybe like a Facebook's popularity or Instagram. And we were just sort of like, well, this is free. And are we going to be able to charge? But we just realized it's just a very different motion when I am like creating something for someone else, collecting and curating the content, delivering it to them, maybe printing it for them, all that sort of stuff. Even if, yeah, both places you can add a GIF or both places you can add a picture, what you're actually creating is quite a bit different. Um, and, you know, I, I always sort of joke, like, how do you know who's not your closest friend? It's like, they're the people that wish you happy birthday on Facebook. Uh, and this is like the opposite. Like, these are the, this is the curated group of people that like were specifically invited to wish you well on a particular occasion. So the people yeah. that you're closest to, as opposed to like, you know, your distant cousin, they're three times removed or whatever. Right, right. That's, yeah. Totally get that. What were your early conversations like with Kyler? Because I'm I'm assuming you didn't really have money to pay him, right? To get him to come on board. Yeah. So, you know, it started, he started as a contractor. Um, and so I was, I was sort of paying him hourly and I didn't have a lot. Uh, you know, I had sort of saved up a bit at, when I had worked before business school. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I can afford this much per hour. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't nearly enough to have him working on a full time. But I think the, the big turning point was probably five months into us working together, we got a fairly, like our first sort of larger business engagement. And it was enough where I was like, okay, with this engagement, I can like pay to have you, we were living in different cities. I was like, let's, let's pay to have you like come out. Let's work on this together full time for a couple of weeks and like get it to where it needs to be to, to meet this particular customer's need. And we hadn't had that before. And just us being able to work really closely on the project together, at the end of it, we said, hey, you know, I, I basically broached the subject. I was like, hey, listen, I'd love you to be a co-founder. What it would mean is this. So, I, you know, it won't be like an hourly thing anymore, but you are going to be a partner with very substantial ownership in the business. And hey, maybe that's a, a bad move, but maybe it's a really good move. And, and, and you know, I think... At this point, we can say definitively it was a good move, um, yeah. but it took a while for that to be definitive. So, And had you met Kyler in person before you two connected to work together for a little bit in person? No, no. You know, we had, we had been connected, okay. uh, but we had just sort of interacted like, hey, this could be someone who's helpful on this. Uh, and it, it actually, I felt like it was quite awkward until the point where we got together in person. Yeah. And at that point, everything changed. I felt like I was like, oh, this is actually, and I think we both felt, oh, this is actually someone I could work with. Yeah. As opposed to like, hey, I'm trying to get this project done and eventually I'm going to like, you know, find someone else or do it. So 
there was just a big shift in terms of what mm. it could be at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, did you, in your early years, like in 2015, 16, did you have a plan B in the back of your mind if this didn't work out or no? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we had basically said, because I, I had um, had been planning to go back to Khan Academy sort of full-time after business school and, you know, go out to Silicon Valley, back to Silicon Valley. Um, and I had talked to um, my wife, Sonia, and kind of said like, hey, if, you know, if this, if we can't get this off the ground in a certain period of time, like if we can make it work, let's move out to the Bay Area. So she had been applying to um, different faculty positions out there and eventually got one at Santa Clara, uh, which is out in Silicon Valley. And I was like, so at the point where we kind of said, okay, I can't keep working on Kudo Board full-time for now. You know, I, I applied for jobs out in Silicon Valley and got one in, in product and worked there for a few years doing that. So that was sort of the, the plan B. Okay. Um, that was while Kudo Board was on the side going on. Right, right. Um, and then when you went, so did you move to California for yeah. that job? Okay. Yeah, yeah we were there and, for like three years. And then you moved back to Chicago. Yeah, we're, yeah, we have, have kids now and our grandparents are close and all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're here for the long haul. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and the reason I asked this question, Aaron, is I think at some point um, a founder has to be in their business without a plan B, right? Like you have to just think success is the only option here. There might be some stumbles along the way, right? But eventually I'm going to do it, right? Uh, So when you were kind of all in in 2018, was that more your mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the mindset. And Certainly, like at the point where we started bringing people on the team, aside from me and Kyler, you know, you really have to, because at that point, it's not just your own yeah. thing. You, you know, you're, you're kind of dealing with other people's livelihoods too. And then certainly at the point where we raised um, institutional capital, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, you're like 1 million percent all in. Because, you know, right. this isn't just my career. It isn't just me and my partner. It isn't just our employee. It's everyone. So, yeah, you know, yeah. It, for me, it wasn't like day one all in. It was that sort of over time, seeing more and more proof points that you really could drive this bottoms up appreciation experience, in particular in the workplace that that was special. And seeing that again and again from customers, you know, eventually got me there. Yeah, that's great. How big is Kudo Board now? How many employees do you have? And are if you're share it, how much, um, how much money did you raise? Yeah. So we don't, um, the, the fundraise is private. We have just under 20. Yeah. We have just under 20 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really excited because and we're, and we're quite profitable and we just hired a CMO. So one of the things that we're right. really excited about is I feel like we've been trying to figure out the best way to invest in growth. Mm-hmm. And my, my sort of, first true passion is product and building product. It's kind of what I, what I did at Khan Academy, what I did at the job that I had in Silicon Valley after that. Um, but, and we've, and most, almost all of our growth has been product driven. So people find it, you know, whether it's through search or whether it's through someone else getting invited to a board, they create and they kind of like bring themselves through the flow. And we have it built like that, but we are at the point now where we need to think through like, okay, how do we now market this really effectively alongside sort of the product led growth? And yeah. so that's when we think about the, the capital we did raise, a lot of it, we're thinking about like, how do we, in a non-wasteful cash burning way, really invest in growth and marketing. So mm-hmm. he, our, our, our CMO just started three days ago and we're super excited for him to be on board. 
That's good. A lot of opportunity, it sounds like. For sure. So uh, your target, your ideal target customers are really other businesses, right? Yeah. I know you sell the individual boards, but. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so you know, the use of Kudo board is not exclusively, but predominantly in the workplace. And it tends to start with individuals in the workplace purchasing them like my colleague is retiring and I'm going to buy, you know, create a Kudo board, invite. 30 of our other colleagues, everyone adds a post, you know, we print it out as a book, we attach a gift card, all that kind of stuff is built in there. And over time, what we find is that it spreads across workplaces. And so it kind of reaches that critical mass where it's not just 30 people using it for an occasional retirement, but it's, you know, can be tens of thousands of people at an individual company that are all signed up and using Kudo board intermittently. And and typically at that point, an organization is, open to saying like, oh, maybe we want to have an enterprise-wide plan where we have single sign-on, where we have like the various security features, we have like the admin view so we can see how it's being used, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that that tends to be like the longer term end goal is to take all of these disparate uses that are very bottoms up and yeah. turn it into like a company-wide engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've been, been successful in doing that at companies sort of up to 100,000 employees. And then, but, you know, lots of companies kind of like the Gustos and Asanas of the world that are like tech companies, two, three, four, 5,000, but like really care about culture, engagement, want to keep their employees feeling connected. Yeah, that was, that's a great lead into my next question, actually, which is, have you been able to capture any data on what using Kudo board does for the retention rates or the culture of a company? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It's definitely something that, we're thinking about really actively right now. So we have a lot of data in terms of like how engaged they are with the product itself. So, hey, you have, you know, this many boards being created, this many events, these type of events, all that sort of stuff. But now we're trying to think of like, okay, how do we make the connection there between they're using this product to celebrate each other and here's why that matters. Um, You know, I think intrinsically companies know like, hey, keeping people feeling connected makes sense. But there is that question of like, how do we make that um, case more explicitly? And, you know, certainly we saw a major tailwind um, during COVID when many more companies became remote. And then now that's continued when folks have gone hybrid uh, because there is that really big open question of like, hey, if, if everyone's not in the office five days a week, eight hours plus a day, how do we keep them feeling like one team um, right. in, in a non-heavy handed way? Yeah. And so this is meant to be one of those like really light touch tools that keeps people feeling like a part of the greater thing that they're working towards. Yeah, totally. Well, you mentioned connection being a big component of this, but I also think, you know, when you mentioned some of these larger companies and these enterprise engagements, like just being recognized and appreciated, I think is huge and goes a long way too, right? Because it's so easy to get lost when you're in a company and you're one of several thousand people. Um, so can you share a little bit about like some of the features or some things you might be rolling out at Kudo board to help these enterprise level companies really identify kind of like their star employees or again, like use it as a way to retain employees and make them feel again, like that appreciation There's so many of, especially the the millennial workforce, right? Like purpose is such a big component for them in terms of their day-to-day work and, and staying there. And I feel like Kudo board 
could be a great way to, again, like engage that, that younger demographic and, and keep them retained. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned before, like a lot of times the first exposure that someone has to Kudo board is, is that replacement for the card that's passed around and signed. But it tends to be once we get to like company-wide engagements, it's still used in that way, very bottoms up. But there are also these broader kind of company-wide initiatives that happen throughout the year. So, you know, it's, it's November right now, which is sort of a good example of a month where a lot of companies will use Kudo board for like a gratitude week. Um, and they'll create a board and enable things like tagging in Slack and Teams or likes and comments so people can engage with individual posts, but basically create a board where people can give each other these back and forth notes of appreciation. Um, and you, you can play it as a slideshow on your company intranet and have it playing on your TVs in the office and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just as a way to let people come together in sort of a time-limited fashion. And I think that's what separates Kudo Board from a lot of other solutions out there. So there's a lot of what I call like internal social networks that are very kind of ongoing and you have a feed and that sort of thing. And, and Kudo Board tends to be much more, hey, we're doing a quarterly shout out board or we're doing it's Pride Month and we're creating a board for Pride Month and everyone's kind of like adding, you know, what they're doing or that sort of thing. So it, it creates these moments in time that an organization has decided matter and they want to pull their employees in to kind of engage and participate. So we have a lot of like employee resource groups that will use Kudo Board to create boards to celebrate particular moments throughout the year and things like that. And I think that that makes a big difference versus sort of like another endless feed of content that sort of is like, okay, what, why do we use this again? Versus like we have these, these moments that matter that we're going to pull people in around. Um, so one of the uh, so, so that's kind of one of the ways that it's being used at larger companies for these like larger events that pull everyone in. Um, I'd say another way that we're really excited about is we, we do have several organizations that have talked to us about like how do we recognize employees at scale? And you know one example is, hey, we have you know a thousand employees each year of our company of eighty thousand that get the star employee award or whatever, but it's like this is our top award. We want to recognize them. And so we've created features recently where like if you wanted to bulk create really easily a thousand kudo boards and make them available to your employees, like through your internet or, or whatever else. So each per so you can say, hey, here are the employees that are not or that have received this award. Everyone in the company can go and add their notes of a congratulations. And these boards are automatically be delivered to the recipients on XYZ date. So just taking what has been mostly a bottoms up process. And also giving people in, whether it's internal comms or HR, the ability to do it at much larger scale. It could be for awards. It could be, hey, we want to create boards every quarter for the major milestone anniversary. So five years, 10 years, 20 years of service to the company. We're going to create those people boards through like this bulk creation process. And we see that you know, changing over time to like not just being able to do it by uploading a spreadsheet and, and generating the boards, but also like integrating into their... Um, HRIS systems so that they can automatically be created. So, you know, any employee on their first day on the job gets a board from their hiring team to say, hey, welcome to the team. And again, that happens right now, very bottoms up, but some companies say, hey, we want every single person to get this. And so we're working on those kind of automations now. Oh, that's wonderful. That'll be really efficient to use too. Uh, and how are you seeing folks um, in sales and marketing using Kudo board? Kudos board? Yeah, good, good question. So we tend to see um, a few different types of people that will 
be kind of like the main purchasers or users outside. Obviously, like there's the internal recognition, birthdays, work anniversaries, things like that. But there are also these external use cases. So, you know, for sales and marketing, for sales in particular, we oftentimes see people, you know, it could be the end of the year and the sales team wants to write a thank you note from the various folks on their side to each of their big clients to say, hey, you know, we appreciated you throughout the year. They can, you know, add a little picture of the whole team or they can be waving or that kind of thing. And it just goes to them. But it just kind of creates that nice personal touch. Um, So that's one way we see with sales. Another sort of external use that's fairly common is in recruiting. Uh, So we see folks that, you know, when someone gets an offer, they also receive a note from the various folks that interviewed them to say, hey, congrats. We hope you join. We're super excited. Um, And again, it's those little personal touches. When it comes down to the end and people are saying like, I got three great offers. Oftentimes it is a gut call. Um, And so we found in recruiting, it can be really helpful to like let someone just easily sort of set them apart from, from some of the competition. Totally. Uh, you know, um, I, as you know, I have an agency where we help companies and individuals build their brands. But one of the things I talk about all the time is like every interaction, every touch point with your potential and existing customer is a brand builder, right? Like it's an opportunity to build and solidify your brand. And this tool, in my mind, just has like huge potential from from that brand building perspective and really standing out. You know, like you said, that personal touch goes such a long way. I appreciate that. Um, Aaron, tell me a little bit just about yourself in the sense of like, how would your team describe you? How would they describe like your character, your personality? What I, what I call, you know, the personal brand. What do you think they would be saying about you? What would they write on your kudo board? <laughs> um, you know, I, I really, you know, one of, the, one of the things I think is special about kudo board is that we're delivering a product that at its core is meant to make people happy and bring joy. And that's pretty rare to get to work on something where that's not sort of an ancillary effect, but like the specific focus of the product is to bring joy. And so, you know, I, I focus personally on like, how do we make sure that our users are really happy with their experience first and foremost? And so I I try to push our team. There's so many goals that we have, right? In terms of revenue, profit, growth, all these things. But I do really try to push us back to like, okay, these these all matter. These are, you know, what our investors care about the most. These are, these are what are going to make sure we're successful over the long term. But beneath that is making sure our customers are really, really happy um, and just trying to bring us back to that. So, um, you know, I hope that my team would say I'm, I'm trying to focus on that, like user engagement, user happiness even when, and, and, and prioritizing that when it can conflict with other goals, right? Cause you know, that can often conflict with monetization or other things, at least in the short term. Um, so how do we make sure that we kind of stay focused on that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you use it internally? Kudo we, board with we, your we, team? we do. We use it a few different ways. So we, um, for everyone's work anniversary, they get a kudo board with like a gift card attached. Um, and then we also have a shout out board that we use for weekly shout outs. So basically the posts are hidden throughout the week. Um, and then at our all hands meeting, they get revealed and people can like talk through and say, oh, I want to give a shout out to, you know, Galena for X, Y, Z. And they'll, they'll walk through the different stuff. So those are the two primary uses we have. We're a little small for like the broader event use. Those yeah. tend to be just larger organizations that want to pull in like 
thousands or tens of thousands of people. Um, mm -hmm. But certainly for that like special occasion or or um, shout out use, we use it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's good because honestly, like it's the, I hate to admit this, but it's oftentimes the best way to find bugs or things that are wrong. It's just like get yeah. enough people using it that care and they'll tell you like, hey, this is awkward or this is this. So um, especially when like new features are out, I we all try to push to use them just because that's a good way to figure out like, does this actually work or was it just a good idea? <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally. Where do you see yourself taking the company within the next five years? What are some of your goals? Yeah, um, you know, I I really think that there is an opportunity to, there's, there's quite a few different pathways that we're excited about. And so it's really a question of like, which one do we, do we really want to double or triple down on? Um, you know, right now we're really focused on that motion of, hey, we've got, 10 million plus people signed up on Kudo board. You, and we have any given month, 3 million plus people using it. How do we turn all that disparate use into those more concentrated company-wide accounts? And so that's sort of a, a sales motion that we're working through, but it's also building out the features that make it highly useful for larger organizations. So making sure that it's you know highly secure or making sure that it's integrated with their other platforms, all, all that sort of stuff. And so that's kind of the near-term goal. Um, I think longer term, it's how do we continue to build out the usefulness um, across the organization? Um, you know, right now it's really focused on appreciation, but there's all sorts of other things that the people who focus on appreciation also care about. Um, and so I think over time we get to start thinking about some of those challenges as well, but that's probably a little ways off. Like right now yeah. we're trying to just do one, one fairly focused thing well. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's good advice, actually. What do you do when you have a difficult day or when you're, you know, because as a founder, even though you're doing something that brings joy and happiness, I'm sure you have some challenging days. So what are some things you do to kind of keep yourself positive and uh, raise your vibe when you need to? Yeah. So I'll give you the answer of what I what I think I should do. And then I'll be honest about what actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, for me, you know, just getting to, I have a daughter who's four, a son who's two, and just like getting to spend like quality time with them and my wife. Having that, you know, I, I, I work from, we're, we're a fully remote team. And so even if I have a ton of work to do, you know, always stop, we have dinner, we, you know, play, we have these like few sacred hours from like the end of the workday to when they go to sleep. And I think like making sure that that is as sacred as possible is the number one thing that I can do. And that when I do it well, makes me feel great. Um, now, what actually happens is even though I'm there, sometimes my head is still somewhere else. And it's a constant challenge to let, for that not to be the case. But I don't know. I like to tell myself, well, understanding it's a challenge is the first step. But there are still, I, you know, now it's very tactical. Of like, I'm going to leave my phone in the office. I'm going to do that, like things that I just know will keep me present. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, it is. But that's good that you're leaving your phone in another yeah, space. Yeah. That's a very good start. <laughs> a small step anyway. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, Aaron, this has been so insightful and great to hear about Kudo Board. I think it's a beautiful invention and, and I'm excited to see it continually grow. Where is the best place for people to learn about you and, and Kudo Board? Yeah, so kudoboard.com is the best place. Um, and there's all sorts of options. You, know, you can start with sort of a single board. Uh, that you can purchase one off or all the way up to like big company-wide plans. Um, 
I have a LinkedIn profile and all that sort of stuff, but I'd say the product is more interesting than I am. So I, I recommend codingboard.com. <laughs> Says the, the founder, of course. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time as well. This has been great. I really appreciate it. It's been great having you on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to The Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.